<laughs> two cheeseburgers, two large fries, and a chocolate shake. Uh, just a minute. Damn it, Beavis, put that away. You're not supposed to have your penis out when you're cooking. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, uh, may I take your order? beautiful upstate New York. This is the Slam Tilt Podcast, a show about all things pinball. I'm your host, Ron Hallett, here with my co-host, Bruce Nightingale. 43 people played. One was victorious. Who was it? And you won't find that out till later. And this is episode 52, History of the World Part 1. This is my favorite freaking movie. You're probably in Orson Welles narrating it. I've never seen it. Gregory Hines, Dom DeLuise. Oh, just... So you recommend you know, it? Oh, definitely. You were telling me before we went on, you might recommend it over Spaceballs. I would. Wow. Because I grew up with it. I grew up with it every week. So wow. I, every week I watched it. You know? Okay. It was, just like, it was a great movie. So definitely high on the pick list. But we have a guest. We have a guest. And it, and it really ties into what's coming up next week. Yes. The Mecca. We're going to go and talk to one of the Mecca people. He is the tournament director of the biggest pinball tournament in the world. He gets to babysit 800 screaming, crying people. How my game didn't play well, and I got this game broken, and what are you going to rule like this? (laughs) We have right now on Doug Polka. Hey, guys. How's it going? Excellent. Excellent. Just want to make a real quick correction on my Uh-oh. introduction there i am one of quite a few tournament directors for pinberg i would never take all the credit for it there's a lot of people that put in a lot of work to make that happen aren't you the head tournament director though i am the head tournament director okay so see so we officially you know we have the the leader of the gang <laughs> yes <laughs> how many tournament directors do you actually do have there's myself there is of course bo and karen's Aton goldman Brett Berkman and Pete Hendricks. There's five of us, and we're we're vastly outnumbered by players. Very yes. vastly outnumbered. So how much is that per? So if you have 800 players, divide that by five. Let me bust out my calculator. Yeah, I, I, we each, yeah. We I each get 160 players. There yeah. you go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and how many are crying to you? Uh, you know what? I, a lot of people ask that. They're like, oh, you must get tired of uh, having people come and complain about stuff. And it's really not that bad. Like um, every once in a while, you'll get somebody who, who gets a little bit out of line with their complaints or their insistence to make a scene. But like it's few and far between. Like, like the pinball group is fantastic. I've never personally had to throw anybody out of an actual tournament, uh, either at Papa or at Pinburg. I've had to tell people I'm not going to listen to your argument anymore and walk away. But beyond <laughs> that, I've never really had a major issue. No yellow cards, as Bowen would say? I've done some yellow cards, uh, mostly for uh, profanity, because we tend to frown on that because, you know, young ears are around sometimes. But um, I've never given anyone a yellow card for behavior beyond that. So pinball players are pretty cool overall? Pinball players are awesome. They're the best. <sighs> They're the best people. All right. So, 
Doug, we're going to ask a little history about yourself. How did you get into pinball? So I used to play, I was, I got addicted kind of in the nineties heyday, uh, the second heyday, if you will, of Williams, Adams family jackpot, you know, uh, there was a bunch of games in there that, uh, were local to me where I grew up. And then I grew away from it because, well, pinball machines kind of disappeared. Arcades closed. And it's funny because I was playing poker with a gentleman, uh, Al Tomka. You guys may or may not know him. Oh, we don't uh, both know Al. He's one of the best players in the world. I think he's top 100 still. And we were, I met at his house to go play cards. And he had four games in his basement. And I said, wow, pinball machines. I remember, you know, one of them was Getaway. And I'm like, I remember that game. I love that game. He's like, oh, yeah, I collect games. And I was like, well, how much does one of those cost, if you don't mind me asking? And of course, back then, the number was a lot lower than it is now. So uh, he said, you can buy one for, you know, between 500 and 1,000 bucks. So I said, well, find me one and I'll buy it. And I remember he found me. My first one was at a um, a local kind of what would be considered a family entertainment center nowadays, but it was like a party place for kids. It was Jurassic Park. It didn't work, and we picked it up for 700 bucks, and that was the first game I ever had, and then it's uh, you can never have just one, uh, so they've continually grown and grown and grown, and along with that, I got into competitive pinball. I was one of the people that helped start the uh, Pittsburgh Pinball League, which we're now usually between 150 and 170 players each season. So our scene has really grown, and it's awesome. I love it. I love being a part of it. That's very cool. So how did you get into Papa? Basically, uh, Mark Steinman, who is the director at Papa right now and uh, the director for Replay Effects and uh, on the board of the Replay Foundation, he joined the Pittsburgh Pinball League and basically met me through that. And then when the time came that they needed somebody else to start helping down there. They asked me, and I came down, and I volunteered a bunch and did a bunch of work down there. And then, basically, I just worked my way in through there and accomplished my nefarious goal of finally getting a key to that building. So now I can go in whenever I want. Oh, my. Yeah, all right, we got her in now. (laughs) (laughs) So are the games still at the building? Everything's still there? Or... Everything, everything is still at the building. Uh, there's a misconception that we've already sold it, which isn't true. The announcement we put out was basically just to brace people because it was going for sale. And rather than have people come to us and go, oh, my God, I saw it's for sale and we don't know anything about it. The announcement, what it says is basically we were, we're listing it and we're looking for a new home. However, until we sell it, um, we're not actually going to move out of the building. So we're still there. That's our staging place for replay. As of right now, when we come back from replay, we're going to be moving right back into that building. Quick question. What's involved with the staging? For those who don't know, I, I kind of have an idea how it works, but it, is it, it's something like you, you actually get the banks together just the way they're going to be at Pinburg, but like in that building, something like that? Yeah, so pretty much the day, well, a couple days after Papa 20, one of our uh, employees, Fred, couldn't think of the right word there. Uh, he start he started putting the games into their actual banks. So right now they're all sitting in their banks. We run some tournaments between the end of Papa and the couple weeks out from the end of Replay, where we invite some players down to play the games. And that's basically we work out. Uh, I time how long the four player games take, so we have an idea of how long the banks play. 
And we also, of course, look for all kinds of tech issues. And we submit sheets and sheets of tech issues as far as, you know, everything from, you know, the right flipper is sticking to this light bulb is out to our tech so that they can get all the machines up and running for Pinberg. About how many techs do you, do you have? Like, how many techs are, like, permanently at Papa? And how many techs actually are at Replay FX? So we have two techs uh, employed at the Replay Foundation. Uh, Steve Eckert, which uh, Steve's been there for a while. Um, if you guys have had a chance to meet Steve, he's kind of the uh, he's kind of the glue that holds that place together. Uh, I, I, my personal story, I talk to Steve at least two to three hours every Papa, and at least five hours at Pinburg. We just sit and BS the whole time. So I love Steve. Yeah, Steve is a magician with those machines. It's amazing to me how well he knows those games. You know, you can walk up to him and say, hey, this game is doing this, and he'll tell you exactly what it, what it is. He'll be like, it's this, you know, it's this chip needs reseeded on the board, and he'll go up and he'll reseed the chip, and the game works. Steve is fantastic. We recently, uh, as of last year, uh, another gentleman, Dan Hall, joined us. Uh, he was working at a local arcade. Dan is also fantastic. And... I mean, it's basically two people that keep that get all the games up and running for Pinburg. Uh, and then in addition to that, uh, we have Ted Garner, who's one of our arcade technicians. Adam Earhart is one of our arcade technicians for replay. We also have Brian Stahl. I'm, I know I'm going to probably forget a name in here. Brian Ma- Stahl, Nick Jacquet, Justin Brooks. There's six of them. Lee Clevins. I'm drawing a blank on a couple names here. If I'm forgetting your name, I apologize if you're actually listening to this. But there's there's going to be eight techs at replay altogether to get everything in the entire show going. At, at any time, there's between four and six techs dedicated to Pinberg by itself. It just kind of depends on how things are going at any moment. Sometimes everything breaks at once, and sometimes it's not so hectic. Props to the techs. Props to yes, the techs. They, the whole thing doesn't happen without them. I always tell everybody at Pimberg or whatever when they come up and they say, hey, great job organizing this. Um, go find the people in red because uh, the people with the red tech shirts are the ones that actually keep it all running. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out just from the tournament we just ran. Just all the and that was just 20 games. I can't imagine how much it is to have that many games. So our backup bank for Pinburg is 40 games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pass <laughs> <laughs> yeah this year in Pinburg we're using 328 games ay 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 to repeat folks that's 328 games there's there's a there's a lot that goes into it i'm sure people come up to me at Pinburg they do every year and say how great everything runs and it's it's due a lot to the people behind the scenes that that don't generally get any credit for doing the work like the techs um I mean, this it doesn't run the way it does without them. And I believe after you're done with the staging, the games are just kind of taken. Or I believe they're still on the legs, right, when they're loaded? Yeah, we move them on the legs. Uh, some games get the heads put down depending on what the game is, like a bonsai run where it has a super heavy head. We don't want to topple over in the truck. So we put the heads down on those. And generally, some of the admin stuff comes over to the convention center first. But the first games that actually arrive at the convention center are all the Pinberg games because they take the longest to set up. Obviously, we have to go through and level everything and play test it. In the past, that's taken us about two days to get everything there. And then usually 
late Wednesday, we'll be there finalizing the setups on everything. So I'm curious, when you bring it all in, is it like a, I know you have a moving company does it. Do they, are they the ones that actually bring them all in or do like the convention center employees have to do it because of union things or something? Exactly. Our, our convention center in Pittsburgh that we use, the David O. Lord's Convention Center, is a union shop. So what happens is the moving guys load up the trucks at Papa, they bring them to the dock, and then the union people bring them over to wherever we need them to go and drop them in place and then repeat that, you know, 800 times. And don't move the chairs. And don't move the chairs. They've become more flexible on the chairs over the last few years, though. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> we have not seen a list of the games yet. Tonight, I will probably, uh, tonight being the 17th of July, I will probably be filtering the uh, our internal information out of our game list and possibly publishing it tonight or tomorrow. Ooh, so we get to, we get a juicy nugget that no one's going to hear until Thursday. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> no, but that's cool. Good. Because the next episode, we're going to have two guests on talking over some of the groups. Yeah, the 328 games, Bruce, that's going to be a long episode. Yeah. I got, uh, I got time. I got time. No. That's have a lot of time. That's a lot of time. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. But we will have a top 15 player and a top 50 player helping us go through this list. So people uh, out there, you can figure it out. Are they a secret? No, they've been on before. They've been on before. It's Steve and it's it's Steve Bowden and uh, and it's uh, Tim, Tim Sexton. Sexton. <laughs> we, we call them our regulars, part of the Slam yes, crew. Uh, Steve's been on twice, and Tim's been on five times. So yeah, they're they're both awesome. Yes, yes, very good assets in the community. So we know you do your normal Papa duties, both you know both shows, and you also have your own pinball hobby route. Tell us a little bit about that. So it's probably about five or six years ago, me and a friend of mine, Justin Brooks, uh, who's also involved with the kickback venture. He came to me because there were, uh, there was not a lot of games on the South side, uh, or which is where our league was playing then in Pittsburgh. Uh, and it became an issue because, you know, we had a league that was about 40 or 50 people and we were meeting in a place that had two games. So <laughs> it became an issue and it was hampering the size and the ability for our league to grow. And there's a gentleman down there by the name of Steve Zumoff, who was a, was a big part of Papa in the early days and still a big supporter of pinball. He came to us and he wanted some games in his locations down there. So because I live an out, about an hour outside of the city, Justin lives a lot closer. He said, hey, let's get together and let's do this. You have the games. You know, I can help fix them. So we put a few games on the south side. And at this point, I think we're up to about 30 games on location throughout the city. Uh, we're at a point where... We either have to hire somebody to help us out or stop taking locations, which I guess is a good place to be. For like for replay, for example, like there's a bowling alley that we ha- we usually have about a dozen games at. But when replay rolls around, we pull all the games because they're dead in the summertime anyway. So I have an agreement with the owner there that we pull the games and we place them. You know, we take them down to replay and then we bring them a whole new lineup after replays over. So oh, that's cool. It, that's it goes up and down just depending on what, what time of year it is. That's really cool. Now you don't play in either P- uh, Pinburg or Papa. No, uh, tournament directors are not permitted to play. Yes. So what's your favorite tournament that you actually like to play in? 
besides, of course, the league that you're in, the pinball, unless maybe that is your most, your favorite. I do love to play in the league when I have time, uh, because that's more of a social thing. It's not uh, super hyper competitive. We have a lot of really good players in Pittsburgh. Um, I haven't traveled and played in a tournament. I think the last tournament I traveled and actually played in was uh, the Buffalo Open last year. Yes, yes, you uh, did. Just because with all the uh, all the stuff uh, that I'm involved with with replay and the route and my regular daily job, there's not a lot of free time, and I don't have many vacation days outside of Papa and replay to use. So I don't get as much of an opportunity to travel and play in other events as I would like to. Are you going to Buffalo this year, or are you going to? The plan is to go to Buffalo currently. Right after replay, I'm going to see if we can muster together some troops to bring up there and invade Buffalo to see if uh, Pittsburgh can bring all the money back to Pittsburgh. Ooh. (laughs) As an upstater, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, Kevin and Nick run a great event up there. It was a lot of fun last year. We had a really good time. Me and John Rapogo actually snuck away and took the Papa Belt to Niagara Falls and took some interesting pictures up there with it. Nick, I've actually known Nick for a while. I think the first... One of the first tournaments he ever competed in was like eight years ago. He came down to Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Pinball Open. I remember, I think he won B Division in that event, actually. But that's a different podcast. Yeah, I'll have to make my games a little harder for those Pittsburgh guys then, since I'm bringing two. <laughs> I'm bringing two classics this year, so. Ha-ha. You going to give up what they are? Nope, I got Nope, Okay. <laughs> but last year I did bring the Paragon and I did bring Blackjack, so. Paragon's be, a perennial tournament favorite. Yeah, this year, the ones I'm bringing, you don't see in tournaments. So it's even better. Not More even in Pinburg? No, you won't see one in Pinburg. Maybe the, you oh. will see one of the two. We got some We got some new games this year. Oh. There's, Ooh. Some, there's some stuff in there. That, okay, that I'll have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to then leak <laughs> out one. I'm going to leak out one, so I want to see Doug's uh, opinion. Hot dogging. Nice. I like it. I, we don't have that game. I would love I to get, get a hold of one of those. Yeah, I got a brand new NOS playfield of mine cleared. Oh, man. Where'd you even find that? Funny story. I bought the machine two years ago at Allentown from one of the vendors I know there for a long time. 20 minutes later, the guy, another guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, I heard you bought the hot dog and the playfield was wasted. I said, yeah, you know, I'm just going to see what I can do with it. He goes, you want an NOS playfield for it? Like, okay, where is he? He goes, oh, it's home. He goes, it's home. I'm like, oh, well, he goes, but I can have my wife bring it up here in an hour, hour and a half. Okay, how much you want for it? 150 bucks. Okay, sold. He brought it an hour and a half later. It was in my booth. And he goes, come pay me a little later on. I paid as soon as I, here you go. Here's the money. Best 150 bucks I ever spent. That's fantastic. I know. So it's really, it looks great. It plays fast. It plays nice and nasty, which is good. So, I, lo- I love to see those oddball games and tournaments. That's uh, exactly why. Just because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like last year for Papa 20, we kind of changed up how we did the games, which created a little bit of consternation for some people. Uh, we, we put more classic games in the banks. The banks were <laughs> bigger, but we put some more classic games in there because it was something that had been requested for years and we just hadn't done it. Uh, and we decided to, to move forward with it. And um, I received a lot of not nice mail about it. Uh, I won't call it hate mail, but you know, as, as uh, 
IFPA and Papa are fond to say, you know, we do our best to try and destroy pinball as much as possible every day. Um, So there were quite a few people that were insisting on the fact that we were ruining pinball by putting classics machines into the actual main banks. And we're like, no, I think I think it'll work out. Uh, I think I think we'll be okay. And a few of those people by the end of Papa 20 had come up to me and uh, actually apologized for things they had said online about the decisions to do that. They're like, actually, this was a lot of fun. And you guys had enough modern games that we could play just moderns if we wanted to. And the classic games, you know, added another element to it. So yep. I, I love to see stuff like that. We love it when we can create kind of like a cult classic game. Uh, for example, last year in Pinberg finals, we used uh, Doodlebug, which <laughs> I wasn't even aware of the existence of two years before that, but someone in our league had one, and uh, I said, we have to get one of those games because it's amazing. And uh, after after it was in finals, everyone came up to me and was like, oh, that's such an awesome game. And then all of a sudden online on all the forums, you see people looking to buy Doodlebug. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> neat that they're... Every once in a while, there could be like the Papa effect, where you put a game in a finals yep. and everybody wants it. <laughs> the I call it like the Alien Star effect. Mm-hmm. Super yeah. Orbit, was Super, Super Orbit, orbit. definitely that was the, another one. The yep. greatest game of Super Orbit ever played. Every year, um, we'll we'll go around Papa before like our big events, and we'll play games that we don't normally play to try and figure out is this a fun game? Will people like this game if we like stick it in a finals? And we got a couple options for Pinberg this year. I think. Uh, I think um, I think we might create a new classic possibly this year. Nice, nice. I, I would like to thank you though for all the classics at uh, Papa. That's, that's probably the only reason I qualified. <laughs> so I'd like to thank you for them being in there. I thought it created a, an interesting mix, and um, like I said, it was something that people had been requesting for years, and we've just kind of avoided it uh, because you know we had all these. You know, we've got we've got classics banks just full of classics. Why would we put them in the main? But I forget who it was, but we were sitting around talking about it, and someone said, "You know, it's not the, it's not the pinball world championships of modern games." Yep. And that just kind of like we all went, "Hey, right? We'll put whatever we want in there." Yeah, yep, I agree. <laughs> put classics games in all the banks, and a lot of people really liked it. Yeah, because it has changed quite a bit. Because I remember years ago, you would have like the classic. You'd have like, like B Division would have all these new games and a Paragon. Right, you know right. that that's that's how it was done back then. But uh, we tried to we split it up this year. We did we kind of did the banks half and half. There was always enough games where you could play all moderns if you wanted to, and there was enough games you could play all classics if you wanted to. But uh, most people's tickets that uh, you know their qualifying scores had a mixture. Yeah, I tell you, I was so sad when Heavy Metal Meltdown broke down. Oh, it me broke too. down after Papa, but I after the finals were over, but I wanted to play some more. That's a fantastic game. Yeah, it's 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 bad and good at the same time. <laughs> oh, it's so it's one of those so bad it's good games. Yep, yep. It was one of my uh, I think game game I liked and hated at the same time. That's a game. That's a game you'll frequently uh, every once in a while. You know, just some game will become like the thing we do when we're at Papa. Like we'll be working and we'll leave a game on and we'll go, hey, let's go play a game of Heavy Metal Meltdown. And once we got that and we got it working, just like the cheesy sounds and stuff, like we would turn that thing all the way up. You would hear it echoing throughout the building when nice. <laughs> we'd be playing games on it. It was It's a fantastic game. Really underrated. Now don't forget, when you go to a Papa or a Pinberg, some games are modified. Do we agree on that one? Like extra rubbers, 
wide rubbers for some. Bruce, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> on the box. <laughs> yeah, just out of the box. So mousing around, ramp ramp never worked from the box, right? We bought that from a guy in New York, and that's that's how it came to us. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> It's no different than all those progressive jackpot games that at Papa somehow don't have progressive jackpots. Yeah, it's I wonder amazing. how that happened. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Well, when you're using 300 plus games in a tournament, um, they're not. Uh, I will. I will be the first to admit they're all not perfect tournament games. That's usually no, no. feedback we receive every year. Is that like, oh, I got, you know, I didn't win that game because there was a progressive jackpot or whatever that, that built up, and we try and minimize the impact of that stuff as much as possible. But I, I mean, what, one of the allures of Pinberg is all these games, like there's yes. 300 and some games and most of them are unique. Most of them are not, uh, not duplicated elsewhere in the tournament. There's a couple duplicates, but uh, usually by the end of the tournament, there's a few more duplicates because some of, some of the games have given up. Um, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, they're, they're all unique when you look at that initial game list and in order to do that, you know, sometimes you have to use games where there's lock stealing or where there might be a feature that isn't quite exactly perfectly fair for everybody. But I kind of like that aspect uh, because, I mean, like most people that are into pinball nowadays, I think, although there's there's a lot younger crowd coming in. That's how I played. Like you pulled somebody and you sat there and you went to the arcade or you went to the uh, to the corner store or whatever. And you sat there and you played, you know. You played games with lock stealing because they had lock stealing, and that was part of the fun of the game. Oh, you lock those two balls, then you drain. I'm taking your locks. You know, that's part of the risk reward of it. Yeah, and that was a major change from I remember the first year of Pinburg. The lock stealing games, they had them as like play one player at a time. Yes. On there, yep. and and I, I remember that changed the next year. Yeah, that was. Um, I'm not sure if that was the first year, or second year. But at one point, we did have all those games play single player, and then the feedback we got was that, you know, I joined this giant match play tournament because I want to play head-to-head against people, not because I want to play endless single player games. So we thought the benefits of playing it multiplayer and having that little bit of extra strategy in there outweighed the, let's have everyone play single player and then we're all playing the exact same game. Yeah. No, I like the, I like the lock stealing for System 11s especially, you know. That's part of the allure of System 11. Yeah, we try and turn on virtual locks where we can, but they're just games you can't do it. Quick question. So what are some of the newer games? Are you going to have, like, Aerosmith? Is that going to be there? Maybe Star Wars? Is that going to be there? Or is that not really totally tournament-ready yet? Both of those games are going to be in the tournament. Uh, I'm actually glad you brought that up. I'd like to give a shout-out to both Stern Pinball and Jersey Jack Pinball. Uh, and Trent at Tilt Amusements. They've enabled us to get a copy of all of those games and dialed in uh, so that we can use them in Pinburg. Without them loaning us games, we would not have them in Pinburg. So it's very nice of them to give us a game. And we usually have to get the games, you know, a, a, at least a week or two out so we can play through it and test it and everything. And both of those companies and Trent um, and getting us those games have been great. And we you know, I can't thank them enough because people love to come and play the new games in the tournaments, and it's interesting to see uh, in a competitive environment what what people know about the games and what they don't know about the games. And is it going to be is it going to be a, the Star Wars? Is it going to be a pro? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's totally fine by me. 
Fun game. Really fun game. Yeah, Bruce Fast. was liking it. He, he likes the speed. I, yeah. It's so Way far faster. After, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the kind of meta game you have with hitting that button and moving the multiplier around is just like when you see people who are really into it and really understand the rules, it is quite entertaining to watch someone play that game. Way over my head. <laughs> Bruce just likes the flashing lights. I like pretty flashing lights and shoot for stuff. Yep, I'm in that boat. I don't get it. <laughs> I was confused instantly. I saw some of those multipliers and just some of the bonuses that it was like, okay, I'm I'm lost. I have no idea what's going on. It's great. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of credit to um to Stern because recently they've I I mean I think they've been hitting it out of the park with some of their new rule sets. Uh, and games are coming out. I remember, you know, not even two or three years ago, the whole uh, debate about Stern putting out all these incomplete games, and now they're putting out games that are good right out of the box. And so lots of credit to them for, for turning that around. So we have a little fun thing at the uh, Slam Tilt podcast. We go game you like, game you hate. And when I asked Doug for a game you like, game you hate, he goes, I can't hate a game. And I brought up one I thought he could hate, but we'll see if he's changed his mind now. So uh, we each pick a game we like, and we each pick a game we hate. Now, Doug, would you like to go first, or would you like us to go first, and, and we'll show you the ropes? Uh, I, uh, it's your show, so take the okay. lead. Okay. Ron, it's your show. Take the lead. All right. Game I like. I'm going to pick another Sonic. Mars Trek. Good game. Like Mars Trek. And why do you like it? I just like those Sonic games. I do. I, I just I do like too. they're they're very unique in their layouts. It's not just the same old stuff. Plus, they all use all Williams parts, so that's that's always a good thing. And their play fields are always in good shape. Just the, the cabinet. Yeah, yeah, just the cabinet suck. Game I hate. Now this one is. I think I had this as a game I liked before, but after playing it at Pintastic, I just uh, it kind of wore on me. And you'll like this one, Bruce. <laughs> Scorpion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Algar, <laughs> but Algar still sucks, Bruce. Sorry. Oh, Algar is better. <laughs> Which one was worse, Scorpion or Algar? And Bruce likes Algar. He's. I like Algar. That. He. Yeah, Bruce is high. The funny thing about Algar, we we used it in. Uh, I can't remember if it was a Pop or a Pinberg Finals, a few years ago at the at the uh, Pop HQ, and um, it was one of Mark's selections. Mark was like, "Ah, oh, we need to put this in." So we, I think it was in Pinberg, and we used it, and uh, I didn't know the rules to the game, to be honest with you. And after the after the tournament, Mark's like, all those people kept picking the bank with Algar in it, and nobody played it right. <laughs> so that was kind of amusing. That is kind of amusing, definitely. But I love Algar. I think it's a fun game. So, so how do you play it right, Bruce? Spinner, spinner, spinner. You ignore that freaking right-hand side. The right-hand side is the side of death. Don't hit the captive balls. Never ignore them. So it's a one shot game, but it's great. Is that what you're telling it is. me? Okay. Because when you get those multipliers up and you get the spinner going, you can't deny a spinner. And that incredible art. I don't care about art because you know Scorpion's just as bad. No, the scor- <laughs> no, the Scorpion looks better. Come on. No, it doesn't. You can't nope, look at nope. that whatever that thing is on, on the back. It's Lion Man Algar. early. Yeah, it's early it's Lion, Lion Man, Man early. <laughs> you can't Lion look at that thing bad. and tell me it's better than Scorpion. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, God. 
a big Loch Ness monster coming out of the ocean. Yep. That's better than you know. a Lion Man. Sorry. Lion Man. Nope. You'll never hear that from me. Okay. Lion Man rules. I never thought about that. Why does a game called Scorpion have like some sea monster on it? Thank you. Should it have a scorpion on it? Thank you. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's, it's like a Japanese monster thing or somehow. <laughs> okay. So for me, I'm picking two games from Ron's collection that we had to play this weekend in his tournament. Game I did well at, and I like, Flash. Had a fun time with his Flash, enjoyed it very much. Game I hate at his house, World Cup Soccer. Ron's was set up brutal. No, brutal. He had that soccer ball on hard, so it was spinning the opposite way, so it was feeding it always down to your flippers. But the good thing about Ron's is you can heat either ramp easily. His flippers are nice and strong, so that was a nice part of it. But that soccer okay, ball just okay. kicks you in the nuts once Hold in a while. Hold on. What? Is that an actual <laughs> setting for the soccer ball? Yes. I don't recall that in the software anywhere. All I did yeah, was make put... multi-ball hard, so you have to. it doesn't yes, spot you it anything. Spin, it spins it the other way. I don't think this, so. Yes, it does. I, I just, what do you think, Doug? I thought it spun it back towards you, and then when you got into the final, the World Cup final, it spun the other way. I honestly don't know, but if, if there's a way I can make it harder, I'm going to go do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Steve Bowden said that, too, and I, I just yep. don't I don't recall changing anything in the settings to make the soccer ball spin a different way. Maybe Ron's your motor's just wired backwards. <laughs> Actually, it, it does spin both ways, like in the, the diagnostics. The t- yeah, hmm. so. so it spun it down. Every time that ball, like normally the ball would hit up and maybe go up into the goal once in a while. Nope. It was spinning the fast as it could downward and just like it was like a rocket ship sometimes. Okay, Bruce, how many World Cup soccers have you owned? Uh, three. Yeah. So how is this on your list? <laughs> because I sold them real fast too. Didn't you own two of them at once? I owned three at once. That's pretty weird, Bruce. Yes, it was. It was a, good, it was a package deal. Lots That's always the game I pull out when people ask about how much theme means, because I always tell them I love that game. I love World Cup Soccer. It's a great theme integration. I could give a crap less about the theme, but it's just such a fun game to play, and they integrated everything so well with that. It's just it's one of my favorite games. Exactly. Actually. You tell them. See, Bruce? It's the best, best Papaduke. It's the best well, Papaduke. Let's just go in there. In fairness, Bruce only hates your game. so Yes, exactly. That's true. Yeah, boo. <laughs> uh, it's the best Papaduke. Let's just go there. Well, here's here's a question I'll ask of Doug here. I remember at one time there were tons of duplicates at Papa. They had like they had like nine no fears and like seven World Cup soccer's. Yep. And I noticed there's been a lot of weeding out of that through the years. So when when Mark took over, he. We we sold a lot of the duplicates to expand the collection with other things. Like there didn't used to be any like Gottlieb solid state games at all in that building. Like there were very, very few. You had a haunted house, you had two black holes, and very few. And now we have a bunch of those. And that may be an upgrade. It may may not be, depending on your point of view. But uh we sold off a lot of the games we had uh more than three of just so that we could expand the collection and make it more varied uh, so that when you come in, you know, while it was an impressive sight to see nine World Cup soccers there, we probably really didn't need nine World Cup soccers. Yeah, no. And there was that many no fears, too. It was weird. Like, wow. There was a ton of no fears. 
There was a ton of Twilight Zones. So wait a minute. So there was a time where they hardly had any Gottlieb solid states. Bruce would call that the golden years. That was the golden years. <laughs> well, once again, we've followed the correct path to ruin pinball. Yes. <laughs> ruining pinball for years. Okay. <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> it's taking a really long time. I just want to point that out. So what? can you tell us what you've gotten this year, possibly? You know, could you actually say, like, what's been new down the pike that we've haven't seen ever a papa uh or is that gonna well, give away one of the banks the, or anything? the most recent game we picked up was a spot pool oh cool em yep uh, um what else we picked up a hee-haw <laughs> cool try not to give anything away no, I'm, no, no. I'm gonna wait until i release the the list and then everyone can yell at me oh that doesn't bother me i just like to see something <laughs> different that's the good thing i know i want to see something different i want to see new stuff there That's are going to be games thing. you have not seen used in a competitive environment before. Cool. Ooh, I mean, nice. As long as it's not like Viper or something. No comment. Yeah. Ooh, oh, boy. Ooh, uh-oh. Or uh, you could say Iron Maiden's going to be in, and everyone will think it'll be the, the old Stern Iron Maiden. It'll actually be the new one. See, that would be the ultimate surprise. <laughs> I, would, I wish we had a Stern Iron Maiden. It's one of the games so. I've been looking for to add to the collection, but... Uh, they tend to be pricey when you can find them. And they're not it's not that good, trust me. It's not a great game. It's not a great I game. It looks unique... great. It looks fantastic. But it doesn't play that good. We did get a Popeye recently too. So Popeye, yeah. all right. <laughs> Williams Popeye. Actually that's you know, if if I can't get these games, I can tell Doug the games I want and he can probably get them. You need a Dragon Fist? Yeah. The the only game that we don't have from the Bally or from the Williams DMD era, actually, right now, is um, Gilligan's Island. That's not a problem. That's not a problem at all. That game I've is been, terrible. I've, I've been trying to find one, but it's tough, especially when people know you're looking for Papa. They think we have, like, billions of dollars. So they're like, oh, I got a Gilligan's $4,000. And you're like, yeah, we're not, I'm not that interested in one. Pass. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait until we... Uh, if it's cheap, just get it for the board set. No, you can just part out, <laughs> yep. you know, part out. Use the parts just, you know, for other good games. I just want to get it so I can say we have the whole set. We've got that would be kind of cool. Too. That, that would be cool. Laugh. That would be cool. But yes, you need a Dragon Fist. You need a Stargazer. You got to get those games in there. And a che- they have a cheetah, there, don't they? No, they have a cheetah. We do yes, have a cheetah. cheetah. Yep. One of only two I've ever played is one of Papa. So yep. it's in Pinberg. Excellent. Nice. The plate there. Excellent. Nice. Lovely like here. So Doug. Game you like, game you hate. So, game I dislike, because hate's a strong word. Oh, uh, boy. Currently, boy. <laughs> <laughs> currently uh, it's Black Belt, uh, because that's been Ooh. giving us some tech issues. And that makes me sad, because I actually like playing that game a lot. I love, I don't know if either of you guys have ever played it. Um, Is it uh, Bally? Yep. It's got the cool reverse ramp shot at the top. Yep. Yep. Or you can shoot it up the ramp kind of backwards. If if which it, is, if you can do that, if it's powerful enough to get up the ramp on those mid-80s ballys. Well, ours is when it works. But uh, as of as of last week, it wasn't it wasn't fully up to spec. The text tell me it's in good shape now. So it will be in Pinburg and then we'll Woo-hoo. see how long see how long it holds out. It holds out. Uh, but usually the more I thought about that question, the. the the game that I dislike at any given time is the one that's causing me grief in a tournament. There you go. There you <laughs> so go. That's a good answer. It could even be a game that I actually like, but 
at any given moment, I'm like, ah, screw that game. I call that the Gary Stern response. Like, Gary, what's your favorite game? Whichever one we're <laughs> whichever making. Whichever one's on the line. Yeah, whichever one's you on the line. It. Which now they always have like 15 games on the line. So yeah. how do you decide? If you ask Gary that question now, will his head like explode? <laughs> That's interesting, yeah, because they used to only have one. Now, now they make so many damn games. What what would he say? <laughs> yeah, that's... next time. Next time you see him, yep. ask him that question. I'll ask him that question. Happens. Uh, game I love. This will be no surprise to anybody that knows me, but it's Target Pull, um, Gottlieb game, single player Wedgehead, probably the greatest game ever made. Uh, and I don't say that with any type of joking. Uh, I I would play that game that would be my desert island game very simple it incorporates uh so many skills as far as nudging uh and accuracy with your shots it's brutally hard um you will not play that game for a super long time uh which means it's one i can go to you know like i said we'll be in the middle of working on something at papa and i can walk by target pool and play a game on that and be done in three minutes I just recently got one. Actually, uh, John Rapogel went on a warehouse raid somewhere, and uh, him and a bunch of other people chipped in, and they purchased me my very own target pool because they know how much I love that game. Uh, cool. And I am hopefully going to be restoring it soon, and then I will have my very own target pool to love. I would like to thank you for having that in B-Division. Yes. <laughs> I think I was top three in that game. That was one of my – that might have been my highest – so here's, game or here's, whatever. here's the bad thing. So like I, I, I started really enjoying target pool. Um, when I started working at Papa, cause like I said, I used to play it. Um, I played against Bowen when he was in town and it was one of the games that we initially, when we would take games to shows, we would always take target pool because we got to pick the games. And if I'm picking the game, I'm picking that cause it's awesome. Uh, so we would drag it around everywhere, and then the cabinet kind of started to fall apart from pulling it in and out of vehicles. So now, unfortunately, Target Pool does not travel to events anymore unless it's just to replay. So sadly, we can't bring it to any tournaments we go to. One of the few two flipper games, two inch flipper games I've seen actually is in lanes. That's yeah, what stands it does. out. That's what stands out to me. There ain't that many of those. Like standard, basically a standard inline out lane setup with two inch flippers. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, even with the two-inch flippers, that game, you know, values accuracy with your shooting above above everything. Because generally, you don't want to hit those targets in the middle. But, you know, oh. if one of them's lit for 500 points, well, and you're close yeah. to your opponent's score, you might want to roll the bones and take a shot at those and see what happens. Such I a great agree, totally. It is. It is a good game. It is a con- is that why it's always in? Seems like that one's almost always in the finals for one of these banks. Uh, it's yeah, because I get to pick the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here. That's why yes. it's there, folks. <laughs> collusion. It's all collusion. <laughs> I don't get to. I don't get to play it in finals. I just no, get to no. Pick. <laughs> Classic. I love it. It's fantastic. It's it's such a great game. Well, uh, actually, speaking of ruining pinball, <laughs> why don't you tell us about uh? your guys end of the whole new stern circuit because you had you had the papa pro circuit and now it's going to be yes. the, the stern pro circuit and everyone was like oh my god this is what is it and then and then papa was like oh no we're, we're on board with this yeah yeah initially the feedback was oh my god i can't believe ifpa is like and stern are stepping all over your thing and we're like no 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 we're like part of this yeah uh so 
Josh basically came to us and said that uh, he had pitched the idea to Stern uh, and said, hey, let's, you know, these guys have done all the legwork. You know, they've they've spent the money to build it up. They've gone and, you know, built the audience. They've built the people that follow it. They've built the people that will go travel to it. Let's, you know, it's an easy win to bring them in and basically just pick up where our circuit's going to leave off. Uh, so, you know, and I, I agree with Josh 100%. The reason to do it is you get Stern's name on it and you hope that attracts other sponsorship. Getting sponsorship in pinball is extremely difficult. One of the things we did with the Pinberg when we took it to the convention center and 700 people, it's a $100,000 prize pool, which granted with some of the esports that pales in comparison to what some of those Dota tournaments and stuff have for them, but we're also a lot smaller audience. But one of the reasons we did such a huge prize pool is we wanted to get attention. Based on the stuff that we've done in the past, I can tell you large prize pools don't necessarily guarantee media attention. Mm-hmm. titles do but not large prize pools so the idea is that we brought stern on board they're going to help us promote it it's a big name and then they can go out and maybe recruit sponsorship for this and we'll be able to grow it beyond you know pinball is entirely player funded for the most part all the prize pools are basically built out of you know show funds when you go to a show or the entry fees that you pay Uh, And there's nothing wrong with that, but it would be nice if, you know, we could charge less for Pinberg, for example, and let more people into it and have a big entity come in and fully sponsor our prize pool. Uh, And the, um, the same goes for stuff like, you know, the Papa World Championships. We would have someone come in and sponsor our prize pool for that. Uh, And we think lining all these tournaments up and kind of putting the stern name uh, forefront, because you'll notice on the logo, there's no IFPA logo, there's no Papa logo, it's just Stern. Uh, we're hoping to draw attention to it through that um, and, you know, basically grow grow the sport of pinball and grow the awareness of pinball through advertising by drawing in big advertisers to help us spread the word. Excellent. Excellent it is. Continuing to ruin pinball. Yes, one, one day at a time. One day at a time. You wouldn't believe how much work it is, too. I mean, you would think you could ruin it without lifting a finger. I'm doing this for 10 years and still have not succeeded. <laughs> wow. It just keeps getting bigger. I don't understand. So we got replay effects coming up. Pinberg, biggest tournament in the universe. Are we still having, we still have this, this stage, right? The stage is going to return. The stage is returning. It is, um, it is a new stage. It, what's interesting is right after the show last year when we're doing the loadout, we were talking to me and Mark. We're standing there talking to our representative from the convention center. And we're like, yeah, you know, we like the stage. We like the presentation because it, it draws people over. It's a, it's a big focal point for the pinball area. But like the stage wasn't the best. Um, it was, you know, when you walked on it, it moved a little bit. A little, uh, a, a little bit. Yes. It moved a little bit. And if, Nobody... Todd, if Todd McCulloch was next to you, it moved a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so they, and she took us next door. So there's, there's a bunch of halls there and we have two of the three halls. We don't use the smallest hall. And there was a stage set up over there. And she's like, what if you guys use this one? This is the one they do gymnastics competitions on. And there's like this heavy duty stage that like doesn't move at all. 
And we're like, why didn't we get this one? And she's like, well, we really didn't understand your needs. So this year, stage is returned, but it's going to be their best stage. So hopefully there won't be any issues with people feeling uncomfortable playing on the stage. Based on my experience last year, the stage did not cost anybody to tilt. The stage did not cost anybody to lose a ball. People just didn't like the vibration that was caused when people were walking around on the stage. However, uh, it looked fantastic. Uh, but the stage, the stage will be returning this year. Are we going to have bigger TV screens, I hope? Not necessarily bigger, but I, here's something I noticed last year was that the, the screens were all dedicated to whatever game. So if they were on a game, say, all the way on the left side of the stage, you had to look at the TV all the way on the left side. Right. So we looked into getting a better AV setup, like a more professional one, you know, like you would see like an outdoor sporting event or something like that. But it was extremely cost prohibitive Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the tune of like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to get something set up, which, you know, we're not quite there yet. So... In lieu of doing that, one of the things we're doing this year is we're actually going to space TVs throughout the seating area. So for the finals, like when we're streaming, the TVs will be showing the feed from the stream. Perfect. So yeah, that's good. Perfect. It's it's not quite where we want to be. We'll eventually get to the point where we're going to have, you know, hopefully a 30-foot screen above the stage that everybody can watch. But uh, once we hit 1,000 players, we'll try and go for that. No, it was just hard to see when you were, you know, you're like... Oh, and then you're trying to use your own Wi-Fi on, <laughs> on your oh, own yeah, phone. Oh, yeah, to watch life. it on your phone when you're sitting <laughs> yeah, right in front yeah. of it, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, the problem is the stage is 24 feet deep. The TVs are back at the stage. So the mm-hmm. first row of seats were like 35 feet from the TV, which yeah. even when you're using a 55-inch TV, <laughs> sitting 35 feet from it isn't yeah, the right. best place to sit. Yeah. Totally so, agree. So any any other new enhancements, or is it going to be a secret? Uh, we changed the layout a little bit. We think it'll be a little bit easier to navigate. Uh, we moved like the little player lounge area. There's one behind the stage, but there's also one in front of the stage now uh, because we just had chairs lined up uh, before, but there'll be tables. Uh, more chairs than there were last year, a couple more couches than there were last year. But we were pretty happy with, with how the layout worked um, last year. So it, it, it it's not going to change all that much. It'll be pretty familiar when you walk in. Cool. Right. Cool. Uh, well, I look forward to seeing you in one week and a half. I look forward to seeing everybody. It's there's there's nothing better. One of my favorite uh, moments of replay last year was because we got we had gotten the stage and we gathered everybody in front of the stage for the announcements and just to look out and see like that sea of six hundred plus people there uh, listening to the announcements. That was just uh, it was really really a sight to see. And we're really thankful that, um, you know, the pinball players support us. I mean, because when you think about, you know, people say, oh, your heart of your end of uh, running an event that big is, is difficult in logistics. I am thankful that the people come out and play in the tournament, because for a lot of the people, I mean, when, when you're talking about a tournament that's 800 people in size and we'll definitely have over 700 for sure. People take their vacations. People spend a lot of money to come to this event you know, to come to Pittsburgh on a weekend in July. And, you know, there's a lot of places you could spend your entertainment dollar. And it's, you know, I'm very flattered that people choose to come out to our event and play in, you know, play in our event and that we can put on something that's very entertaining for everybody and they feel that it's a good value. 
That's what we like to hear. Definitely. That was that was kick ass, actually. Yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> Doug if he, had, if he had anything else to say to the listeners, and uh, I, I missed my cue. That that should have been it right there. Appreciate it when people come out to our events. Um, we definitely don't take it lightly. Uh, one of the one of the lessons I learned early on when we were we had initial discussions about running a big show, like bigger than what we'd done before. Um, because there's a lot of ways you can screw that up. Trust me. We were talking about it, and I was talking to somebody who, uh, I forget which state it was, but we were at a show, and this gentleman just happened to be there at the bar, and he was in charge of like the state fair for some state, and they get like a couple million people into the state fair. And so I was just kind of picking his brain, like general, like the scale of what we're doing and what they're doing completely different, but there's probably some lessons to be learned there. And one of the things he said, and and it's absolutely true. And it's something that that's overlooked a lot is that you got to remember in order for people to have a good time at your event, their, their good or bad time starts when they get to your city. So when, if you're flying, when they get off the plane, they judge you based on everything at that point. So, you know, if they had a crappy car ride to their hotel, you might get judged for that. So it really and while a lot of that stuff is out of your control, it does provide a different perspective. Um, A lot of people get really focused on, okay, I got to make sure that this, you know, this tournament is an awesome tournament and I'm going to go over the games a hundred times and everything's going to be laid out and it's going to be perfect. But sometimes you forget about the, the little things. And that's one of the reasons that we moved to the convention center in Pittsburgh, not just for the size of it, but it's an experience for people to come into the city. And when you're staying at one of the hotels there to be able to just walk out your door and you walk down Penn Avenue and there's 40 different restaurants you can pick from. As you guys know, when you come to the facility in Carnegie, you're in an industrial park. It is not the best location in the world. Like a lot of people eat the food that we have on site for, from one vendor, the Harris grill, and they do a great job, but you know, there's, it's, it's just one aspect that, you know, and there we don't have a lot of control over it because of where the building is situated. But yeah, uh, yes. when we were looking for places to hold replay, actually holding it in the city was was one of our goals just because there's just so much more you can do. I mean, you're right across the street from the Pirates. If there's a Pirate game in, you can walk over there. There's tons of restaurants and bars, and there's just so much you can do in addition to the festival that I think it, it really makes it uh, a great location. So come on, come all to replay FX. Yeah, and if you even if you're not uh, in Pinburg, uh, we also have what I believe is the third largest tournament in the world, the Intergalactic Championship, which is open to anybody. Um, used to be the Constellation Tournament, not a Constellation Tournament anymore. Anybody can enter it. That runs on Saturday with uh, finals on Sunday. Uh, so if you just want to come out and participate in something that's not quite as daunting as Pinburg and costs way less than you're welcome to join us for that. For the hardcoreest of the hardcore, that's what I call that. And also, there's you know, there's a whole show going on with like you know, 800 video games yeah. and stuff. There's yeah. there's all kinds of stuff beyond pinball um, replay. We 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 have all kinds of stuff. It's the best way to put it. <laughs> it's the most eloquent phrase I could use. So, uh, Doug, we'd like to thank you for coming on. Thanks for inviting me. No, you're always welcome. You've we've both known you for a long time, so it was very nice when I asked you a couple weeks ago, and you said, "Yeah, no problem. Just gonna figure out when." And you made time for us, and we're very grateful. And you're always welcome on the Slam Tilt podcast. 
I need to have more appearances than Tim Sexton. Oh, you oh. come on, oh. on. anytime. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> come on, on anytime. He's coming. You're he's coming for you, Tim. I uh, uh more, more than that, I'm always amazed at how many podcasts Josh Sharp can appear on. He's like, been on ours twice. Yep. Yeah, every other podcast I listen to has Josh Sharp on. <laughs> I know. He's the he... he's the voice of pinball. <laughs> he is literally the voice of pinball. <laughs> Josh is great, and we. You know, you really can't have a much better ambassador for competitive pinball than uh, than Josh. He just does. He they do a great job with everything they do, and for all the flack they take for destroying pinball as well, I think the the Whopper system, whether you care about it or don't care about it, I think it's undeniable that it encourages people to get out and play. All right, I, I'd like to thank you myself, Doug, for coming on the show. And I'd like to uh, throw it out there, everybody. Replay FX is coming up. It's going to be when is it officially starts? Thursday. Thursday. It is Thursday. Thursday uh, runs through Sunday. Uh, you can come in. You can get a day pass. Thursday and Sundays are cheaper passes than the weekend passes. Also, it tends to be less people there, so you can move around the hall. Uh, it's quite different than um, probably what a lot of people have seen when they think of a pinball show. And that uh, we have more space, I think, than anybody else does. So there usually isn't the same kind of crowded atmosphere because I've talked to some people that, that don't necessarily like going to some shows because it's, you know, you're elbow to elbow all the time. There's a lot of space in the convention center and we try not to pack the games too close together. We really spread it out so that nobody gets that claustrophobic feel. So if that's one of the reasons that has kept you from experiencing a pinball or an arcade show. Come out the replay. I, I I think you'll be uh, surprised. Do we have new? Do we have, wait? Like I have one question. Do we have new Olympic games? I, I honestly don't know. Uh, oh my god! Coming back this year, I don't know. I uh, so. My my portion of the show is is Pinberg. Yeah, uh, and Pinberg is, is super focused and requires a lot of work from quite a few people. But one, you know, one of the things I, I always talk about is I I barely get to see the show when I'm there. And after the show, we'll talk, we'll get together and we'll talk about stuff at the show and people will be like, hey, did you see so and so or this display or whatever? And I'm like, no, I didn't even know they were there. Did you know Billy Mitchell was there? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you could miss him. (laughs) Yeah, I know you can't. That's true. I I thought I heard that the Olympic Games were there. You mean all the things with the weird modifications on them? Yes. Yes. Those those were awesome. And those guys in for us last year. Um, I honestly don't know because generally the free play area is handled by Mark. So okay. I'm, I'm not super involved. I know we're going to have a bunch of uh, Japanese like rhythm games and import games this year that we didn't have last year. And a lot of those are a blast to play and you just you just don't see them anywhere. So as someone who's been to like a ridiculous amount of different shows, I can say that there is more room at the Replay FX show than any other show I've been to by, by far. far. By far. By far. And don't you you guys even have more rooms this year? We're using more of the space that we, we were last year. We kind of we didn't use some of the meeting rooms and stuff. And I think this year we, we are because unfortunately, the seminar rooms are far away from the main hall. It's just the way the convention center is laid out. But I think this year, Mark actually scheduled some of the seminars in the seminar rooms. And I fully expect for us to expand in the coming years. So coming soon, more replay. Nice. Like we said, death of pinball. It's imminent. <laughs> yes, you can tell. <laughs> well, thank you, Doug, very thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you, you guys. Great, I, I great. appreciate the opportunity to come on your show.
News of the week. The news is there is none. No, just a couple things. Uh, AFM Chicago Gaming put out a big picture with all these AFMs ready to ship. Ton of them. Ton of them. Ton so of them. they're Very actually impressive. making games. They're actually making games. Yes. Yes. And not asking for big deposits or prepay. And that's all I'm going to say on that. You're angering some of our listeners, Bruce. Oh, poor baby. They say you're not giving the vendors a chance. They're not vendors. They're they're, they're supposed you're not, you're, to pinball manufacturers. Uh, you're not giving them a chance. I mean, certain ones have had I don't know four years to make four a game years. And still rock stars, yeah, rock stars being cool and everything like that. Yeah. Yep. But Enough but said. you're being mean. Very mean. That's 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 you, me. You should apologize right now. Go scratch. Okay. So uh, other than that, Ron. You moved up in some rankings a little bit, some standings in the past uh, couple weeks. I wonder how that happened. Well, as I said before, 43 people played and only one won. And as JT said, I thought Ron wasn't going to play. I wasn't going to play. I wasn't going to play, but Scott Scott's was getting my on my refreshing. case. There were other people getting on my case. And when I said I was going to play, everyone's telling me, good, you should play. Like, okay, so I guess I didn't piss anyone off. Nope. Except for one person said we should, ta- we should there should be an investigation. There should be an investigation because who, who won, Bruce? Who was, uh, who was the winner? I don't want to brag, but it was me. You won? Yeah, do you believe this? No, I don't. No, wait a sec. Who said, what were the finals two weeks ago, who I said was going to win? Uh, who did you say was going to win? You! Oh, you did? <laughs> so, like, once again, your prediction was correct. See? And I was, I was the victor on my own games. But it, Ron did do a classy thing. He, he won $225. He took 100 out of that 225 and split the rest of the money to 125 with the three other players in the, in the four bank group that he played against. So that was very classy. And yes, the final four was it was me. Sanjay. Sanjay, who like Sanjay, he wasn't he wasn't on the prepay, right? No, he showed up. He just showed up and he usually is a guy that shows up like ten minutes after the tournament starts or is like always late. Him and JT are two known late people. He was early. He got there before he started and it's like, Sanjay, what are you doing here? Yep. Howard Levine. Howard Levine. And our own Zach. And our own Zach. So so three out of the four were upstaters. Now, the funny thing is, I will say this. When my first, I made, I qualified, uh, t- we took top 16 out of 43 people. How, how, 43 people. That's a lot of people, Bruce. People. How many prepaid did we have? Uh, 27. So 16 showed up at the door. Yeah, which was insane. It yep. was insane. We had 43 people show up and 16 Made it to the. If we got five more, would have went to twenty-four. So next time we need to get forty-eight at Ron's house. Oh dear God! The playoffs will go on forever. It'll only be one more extra round. That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's all. I made top sixteen. I qualified seventh. I finished eleventh, but I got beaten by Ron Hallett and Sanjay, the two people who were in the top four. So I don't feel so bad. That's our our very own Steve Bowden. Final bonus. He qualified. Yes, he did. Um, surprisingly, our own Tim Sexton, Tim Balls, did not qualify. 
Nope. There was a lot of great players who did not qualify. It was weird. It, it was, was very weird, weird actually. Very weird. I, I want to give a shout out to Tim first. Tim streamed the whole event. He busted his ass. Busted his ass. Video. Moving his video rig from game to game. He got flawless. a lot of followers. He got a lot of followers from that. And his Twitch channel is Tim Balls. Again, it's Tim Balls. Please he check him out. Him. And there was only like a lot of times when he does these feats, depending on the internet connection, he may get disconnected a lot. So when you look in the archives, there'll be like ten different files for like the same tournament. For for Stomp, there's only two, and that's only because I think someone walked by and pulled one of his cables out and killed his his PC that he had there. Oh, wow. So he had to fire it back up. So if you go to the archives for Stomp, which are online, you can actually see the whole tournament. Uh, there's just two files. Very nice. So that that we... I couldn't believe. I uh, see. I'm obviously I'm playing in it, so I don't see the stream. And what you see on the screen that we had up, because you you could you could see his cameras, but you don't know what's actually playing out to the internet, whether it looks that good or not. And I don't have the greatest upload speed in the world, but it streamed pretty much flawlessly. I was yes. very surprised on how that worked, and I may have to consult with Tim about getting my own rig. There you Maybe go. Maybe I'll start streaming, because I always thought of doing that, but I just did not think I had the bandwidth to be able to do that. But now you do. But now I do. So we had four top 50 players in that tournament. Yes, we did. We had 12 top 200 players. So I would like to thank everyone who came out. I thanked everyone, of course, on the Stomp page. And pictures from the tournament are all on the Stomp page, the uh, Slam Tilt Oh My Pinball tournament page on Facebook. On Facebook. You can check them, you can check them out. Yep. We had a star side tournament that no one could beat the top score, yeah. even of me. Yeah, I, I. There's a lot of takeaways from the tournament of things that you know we could improve upon, and I, I must say um, that 400k was too high. No, it wasn't. Cause it, it was too high. I am, it was too I am, high. Wait a sec. Guess who the well, guess what the top score was in the tournament? Yeah, what was the top score in the tournament, Bruce? One ninety six. Yeah, exactly. One ninety six. And and it wasn't like there wasn't a ton of entries in that. Almost two hundred fifty dollars was a prize money. That's yeah. some one. So it it should have been lower. Should have been lower. Here's the funny thing. Big game. It had the million dollar million point challenge in there. Yep, for twenty dollars. For twenty dollars. Somebody got it in pre qualifying. And pre-practice. Yeah, and pre-practice? It's practice yep. before you practice? Yeah, practice before you practice. <laughs> pre-practice. I love that. That's gonna... So in pre-practice, uh, yeah, someone got it, and it was like, I got it, and it's like, uh, it doesn't count. It's practice. Oh! Oh, it's like, oh. And we figured, like, since somebody got it, that definitely someone would get it during the tournament. It would fall, but it did not. It did not. No, so Ron kept 120 bucks in his pocket also. Which I'm not happy about. I wanted to give that away. Um, but we did give away, we had our two other challenges, which we had yes. the Quicksilver 1 million challenge and the uh, Stargazer 1 million challenge. First game, uh, Brian Estes. Flying against, Brian, he won. He, well, he was playing against Eric Russell. They both got a million, but Brian got first. Brian got it first, yep. And Eric was at 998 on his ball before Brian came back and got it. So he he picked the um, glare guard. Glare guard. Yeah, choice of glare guard or uh, vodka. He picked the glare guard, and then uh, Frank, the towel, Carol. 
or even though it's retired, I'm still calling him the towel. The, the towel, towel, he um, got a million in Stargazer on ball two. Mm-hmm. And he took the vodka. Yes, he did. A lot of things I learned. Turn the AC on. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. It's 6 o'clock. Yeah, I told Ron was, this like at 11. Hot. Like, it was too hot. I said, Ron, turn on the AC now. He's like, oh, it's always stay cold down here. And yeah. usually Ron's does. Yeah, but not, not when you have 43 people and you have like all the games on. No, it doesn't. And in the last tournament I'd had there, there was like 16 people and it was in January. So it really wasn't a problem. But uh, yeah, lesson learned there. So, it, I mean, it, it got better as, obviously, as the fewer people. We, fewer people when we got the final started. But still, yeah, it was way too hot. Thank you to your parents, mom Thank, and dad. Thanks to mom and dad. Brought, they brought a shitload of food. They did. Lots of sandwiches. Upstairs. People, were and, and people ate them all. Them. They ate them all. Yeah, props to you know anyone who came out. Um, it was... Four state. Four people from four different states yes, came. Yes, and it was just so crazy. I was rethinking the whole playing in it once it started and like every round something would go down or have an issue. But luckily it helped. Yeah. Some games did not make it. Some games, I guess that'll be the repair, the repair section. Yeah, we'll go over that. Yeah, but I, some, I'm some questioning some of them. Some get questioning, questioning what? Whether they went down? No, no. Why they went down and why we couldn't figure it out. That's what oh. got me, always bothers me. It's, it's okay. Let it go, Bruce. Let it go. Nope. No, nope, yes, we, we had some casualties, but uh, overall, pretty much most of the stuff held up. It's funny, some of the stuff you figured would definitely hold up has failed, and things like you know the Quicksilver, which we were you know, tweaking and getting ready, like right up to the point of the tournament, was flawless. Never had a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it was a great tournament. Forty-three for Ron's really first tournament was incredible, and. I got 32 Whopper points. Yes, you did. I'm looking at that. I don't shit when I saw that. Like, holy crap. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to be I'm gonna be an upstater. Yeah, I went from like, yeah, 390-something to 270-something at my rank. I got to make sure that doesn't get too high. And and also, they posted the uh, points from Pentastic, yep. which I finished seventh. I got 24 points for that. So I'm, I'm getting entirely too many points here. I got to make sure we got to keep, got to keep at least above 200. I I got four points out of it for being 11, which is not bad. I thought I was thinking about three, so I did better. But uh, a good tournament overall. We had a we had a lot of fun. I think. Yes, we I did. Enjoyed myself. I, I could give like the old play by play and all that, but honestly, go to Tim Ball's channel and watch it. It's all there. Yeah, watch it. It's actually more. It's a lot more entertaining with the announcing and everything than I could ever give it to and you. And you get to see me dance again. Oh God, yeah, you get to see Bruce dance. Yes, that's always the best. Yes. Uh, another thing I learned, Bruce, that, that? that cake thing you brought, you know, the thing that was the last Chocolate thing to get cake. eaten, the last thing to get eaten, don't bring Is that the, again. Well, no, it's the messiest thing when you give yes. it to Levy. Yeah, well, it doesn't, it, not just him. When that stuff gets on the floor, it doesn't come off. I had to scrape it off. It's, it's, it's just tar. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, it's like tar. Yeah, don't bring that again. And don't, and don't give Levy Jack Daniels in the booth. And don't buy a pizza for your group and then leave it. You know, unattended, because Levy will figure it's just for him and take a piece. Yeah. <laughs> or to, or leave water in the refrigerator and be gone when you go get it. Oh, that happened? Okay. Oh, yes, it did. Yep, and we had, let's see, we had someone left their Ray-Bans. Yep. Which I still don't know who it is. I posted it on the, uh, the, the, the event page, and no one has answered yet. But Ron's father did give away a ton of T-shirts. Yep. Hats. Hats. 
cozies. He wanted them all gone. He was pissed when they weren't all taken. But we have my tournament coming up soon, and there'll be more people there, so we can do that too. Yep. So, repairs. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun. So, luckily, both of us were doing repairs the whole time we were in there, and we had, we were into we were into all three sterns within fifteen minutes before the tournament started. In the practice time, we were in Stargazer. We were in C- Stargazer. The flipper stuck on the right right flipper. It was too tight. Yes, binding flipper on Stargazer. Quicksilver was what? Oh, the ball wouldn't kick out. The ball wouldn't kick out. The ball wouldn't kick. No, that was on Cheetah. No, you don't have a Cheetah. No, not Cheetah. Jesus Christ, big game. No, it also didn't do it on that once. Yeah, that's not it really. A switch. Well, a switch. I had to adjust the switch and it went fine. Okay, so when, when I said um, Quicksilver didn't have a single issue, I was wrong, obviously. No, no, no. It was before the tournament. After oh. that, it worked perfectly. Okay. We had to switch display four from uh, nine ball because it started flaking out when we were when I was yeah playing that with that Steve. was the display that was kind of flaking out and then decided to start working and I fi- I figured it would die but I would just leave it there till it actually died which it <laughs> did which it did um, stars had also a binding right flipper yep same flipper on the same side what else we had firepower. <laughs> Locked up hard. Yeah, with uh, with the the new it had the 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 Scott special ROMs in it. Which Scott said it did not cause the problem. Yep, that did not cause the problem. And then he was able to duplicate it twice. <laughs> I don't know if he figured out exactly what he thought what it was, was causing switches. it. Yeah, he it was then he thought it was something with the bonus ladder, like you had to have something. But basically, it, it is not tournament ready currently. And so he took it out because we didn't want it locking up on people. Um, we had unfortunate Flash, Flash, which has the cobalt, you know, the the just rock solid cobalt boards in it. For some stock, reason, stock in, in ROMs. A, yeah, stock ROMs in the middle of a, a game where uh, Steve Bowden was coming back on his last ball, the entire thing just locked up. The displays went dead, lights went off, just died. Dead, Jim. Yep. And then when you turn it off and turn it on, it came right back up like nothing happened. So. And then Spider-Man. That was, a, oh God, Spider-Man. Upper right flipper. Upper right hitting. flipper was sticking. Thought it no, was. Why was it, stick, why was it sticking? Thought it was, no. Well, the thing is, I thought it was, I had like a um, aftermarket little little spider web thing over it, which I thought it was catching on. So it turns out it was not catching on that. It was actually just, it was binding. It wasn't binding, but it was, there wasn't enough space. It was actually catching on the bracket underneath the play field. One of the brackets on the flipper plate, it was slightly catching on, hmm. which was it took me a while to figure that out. And then, so I just I just lowered it a little bit underneath, and then it was fine. And I but I got to experience the ridiculous stern single coil, single wound flipper bullshit, where that the, the, the coil is so friggin' hot, it's yes, ridiculous, it is. and the plunger is just burning hot. It's terrible design. Yes, it, it is. They still use that on their current system. Yep. They do? Yeah. I just, no wonder their flippers get weak after a while. It is just so hot. Sorry, head to vent there. So that was Spider-Man. And then Metallica. Metallica. The, you know, Your the newest, rock solid Metallica. Never failed never ever. Never failed. The newest game down there. You know, so you figure that one will be okay. Nope. First, the, the, the ball eject on the right, the mystery slash 
crank it up whole. First, what the switch the switch wasn't working. Then it started just kicking it out in all kinds of different directions, including down the middle. And then it started just like kicking it, and it couldn't make it out. It would kick. You'd see the ball come half up and go down. And it would do it a bunch of times. So that got eliminated. I haven't looked at that one yet. Uh, no fear. No fear. Just fucking totally tanked. The it watch. Re- the watchdog kept on resetting. Yeah, I don't know it kept why. resetting. And, and I put one of the cardboards in there, thinking it was the five volts. Nope. Yeah. Didn't you? The last time we turned it on, didn't it like it booted, but like none of the lights were in a track mode or anything? No, it booted. It got to the testing two point three X for the ROM and just stayed there. So that one is. Um, that was I'd pretty reset everything on it. I'd, re- I'd reset everything on that one. So well, I haven't I haven't looked at any of these because when I was done with the tournament, the last thing I, had, I don't even want to go in the basement. The cleanup took so long. I was like, after I won the tournament, and this this is this is the sickness of pinball people. I win the tournament, and you have we had like Steph was still there. A lot of the Slam crew was still there. Steph was there. Tim is there. Steve is there. You know, Sanjay Sanjay was there, and they just like, oh, tournament's over. Time to play some pinball. Like, are you people crazy? And they're just I playing did. more pinball. Yeah, and you too. It's like, what's wrong with you people? So while they're all playing, I'm like picking up crap. So what else? Anything else, Die? Uh, your next gen. Oh, next gen had its. And, and this happens every once in a while. It gets its deal where the optos, like it doesn't know where the balls are, and it goes into a ball search, and it doesn't matter how many balls it kicks out back into the trough, it will never end. You reboot it, and then it's fine. It does that every once in a while. It's just the balls that never end. Yeah, it's and it goes on and crap. on, my friends. Yes. Other than that, that was I think that was it. Yeah, and the stars went off without a hitch. The tournament. Uh, Paul Bashi, he won that. Paul was second. Tally was third, and Brian Estes was fourth. I think Paul is the one. He <laughs> when the New York City contingent arrived. For whatever reason, they, they arrived at the house next to mine. Yes. Thinking it was my house. Even though my house, I had a, we had a stomp poster up that was very visible from the road. Nope. They went right into, they walked right into Ron's neighbor's right house. Right into an, my neighbor's house, just because he is, <laughs> the kind of neighborhood I live in, people just have their doors unlocked because nothing happens. And, and they just walked in. I, they didn't run into anybody. And <laughs> he just walked right out like, oh, I don't think this is right. <laughs> Classic. So that was classic. That was very good. Um, oh, that was so funny. That it was so great. Funny. It was a great time. Thank you again for. Yeah, that was that was a great time. There. there will be Stomp Two. Yes. Well, or Stomp West, I guess. Stomp West will be in. Uh, I'm thinking uh, probably December because everyone wants to go to Western New York during the winter. It'll be cool in my basement. That that's for sure. That's for sure. It'll be cool, all right. So Bruce is going to have two tournaments in the fall. Because Bruce is insane. My prices are insane. insane. You are insane. You are absolutely insane. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm He's totally... Done for this year. No, I'm done. I'm done. That, that, I will not play... I will probably not play another pinball machine until I am at Replay FX. Wow. That's a shoot. I mean, I have no desire to play anything downstairs. None. 
So oh was, my! Oh my! Yes, it was a truly an oh my experience. Everyone, Everyone signed George. Signed George. I got to hoist the Jack Daniels fire hydrant. Yep, the only one of the person has done that. And that's Bruce. And it's actually, both of us. Yeah, you should have signed it. I, could. I signed it. You, you should have signed it. Like, um, I'll have to I, sign it next time. Yeah, I have to sign it next time. I think that's it for stop. Just it was a once good again, term. thanks to everybody. And yeah, we will have stop west, and we will have another stop next summer. Next summer, I if anything, I might just try to do the same thing. Have it the weekend after Pentastic. That seemed to work. Yeah, just make it a regular thing, man. Or maybe a couple weeks before, so it's a little cooler. No, no, we'll just turn the air conditioning on sooner, Bruce. Mm. Mm. And we can also institute after practice is done and the tournament actually starts that the games that aren't being played turn off. Yeah. And when you're done, you're Except for what, off. next gen. Except for next gen, yes. Never turn that off. Pain in the ass, that game. Ugh. So, it's time for... The mail ball bag. The mail ball bag. Got quite a number of uh, items. Yeah, we got a ton of email this week. A ton of email this week. Let's see. Oh, there's one thing I didn't mention. Because I think we pre-recorded this, and then we didn't use it is I got an email. Yes, you did. You got an email this week. So it's, it's appropriate I mention it now. I got an email actually just today from Pinball Star Amusements. So you know what that means. We've canceled your order, Ron Hallett, because you've made too much fun of this pinball machine. Thank you, and have a nice day. I've never made fun of that pinball machine, you liar. <laughs> yes, it, it says uh, we do not have enough dialed ins. Yours will not be ready until next year. We are sorry. Actually, no. It says congrats. Your dialed in game is headed to production. Oh. We are told our next batch of games will be ready in August. Payments are requested to be here by July 28th. I have dialed in LE number 550. 550. Nice. Yeah, I even remember that. It's awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Hey, Bruce, did you get your email? Nope. Ah, that's a shame. I'll get more. I'll get more updates on mine and better light boards and everything yep. else. Yep. Bruce will get the one with all like the extra protectors on it that aren't on the earlier models and all the fixes that were not on the earlier models. Kind of like your ACDC. Yeah, you have the, the cloudy play field. field. I have the collector's edition cloudy play field. Yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah. That's got to be it. So, all right, going to the email ball bag. Yes, sir. We have Rob Zombie Pinball as a subject from Bill. Says, hi, guys. Listening to episode 49 and your feelings on Rob Zombie. Not sure if you guys are aware or not, but a new code dropped, and it's a giant update. I think we mentioned that on the last one. We did on 50, yes. Yeah, yeah, the new version came out, so now I can't say I hate it, and I'll have to play it again. It fixes many of the issues with the center ramp jackpot, and also shows more scoring on the display. I agree that the old cold was old cold was blah. Now seeing the new code, or with it, where this code is gone, is moving towards, has made this game very exciting. Nah. <laughs> Bruce hasn't even played it, and he's like, nah, screw you. I'm doing my best Pinsider. Uh, oh, yep, you're a Pinsider. Haven't played it, so it sucks. Yep. And then we got an email from Ryan C. Ryan C. <sighs> Good day, lads. Pinball Princess. 
Oh, okay. Okay, Pinball Princess wants to know what I think of the Ghostbusters scream. I have two young kids. Once they go to sleep, I'll get to play pinball on the other side of the house. The coils can barely be heard, but if I pump the volume up too loud, it'll wake them up. So why does Dwight, Dwight auto-adjust the volume to the loudest fucking setting in that mode when I have the turn, volume turned way down? Does Dwight hate my kids? Does he want to cause marital issues between me and my wife? Think of the children, Dwight. Think of the bloody children. So to answer the question. <laughs> so to answer the question, I think it sucks, even on location. I have seen people playing pinball get upset by it. I agree. We heard it a lot at Fantastic. You just hear yes, the scream. Ah! What do you guys think of Midnight Madness? I don't mind it, but I actually, when I had Who Done It, I had the time set for a weird time. So I didn't know when Midnight Madness was going to hit. So one time it actually hit during a tournament. Oh, God. This seems to me another thing that Dwight is trying to bring back for the 90s. I looked through the Star Wars ROM and it's in there as well. Oh, boy. With a video mode, it's, it is the 90s. Uh, it is the 90s. Said, uh, do you make lots of friends with the Tim Tams? I like the Tim Tams. Tim Tams are good. It. They're gone. Uh, they, well, they're gone now. Everyone ate them. Yeah, I know. They were gone. When, they, when they I were gone. Them. So, and how is the Vegemite? I haven't tried it yet. I will. I promise. I promise. But he loves your LEDs. I love the LEDs. Let's see. Next team. Oh, you do the next one. That's Ryan K. Ryan from Wisconsin. Yep. He goes, here's a link to a Craigslist ad that's been posted on and off for months here in Wisconsin. Such a un- unique custom coin door. And he's sending us a link to a Madison Craigslist ad. And it's, I'm waiting for it's, it. It's a fun house, fun house machine. Yep. 4,600. Of course it is. Yes, it is. With a wood front door with a credit button in the middle and a handle for the door and the lock. So it's almost like a, it almost is like a coin, like a vault door. Um, it looks like fucking ass. Oh, it is ass. It looks terrible. Absolutely terrible. So if you want to go, go to the Madison Craigslist and look up Funhouse, and you can see this monstrosity. Pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, but, but, but it says if you want a new coin door, they run around 175 and his price reflects that. So he's yeah. taking $175 off. A flaming piece of crap to make it a cheaper flaming piece of crap because of a bad coin door. Yeah. So the next one, Scott Charles, our own Scott C. Uh, he came to the tournament with his lovely girlfriend. Where did Scott end up? I didn't even remember seeing. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. he was in the playoffs. I don't. I don't. Oh, think he so. wasn't in the playoffs. No, playoffs. he wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't make the playoffs. But you know, he's retired. Oh yeah, he's retired. He, he's right. out of practice, so we really can't. We can't get on him. Scott Charles finished 26th. He was ahead of Levy. He was ahead of Jason Plourd. Oh, and, and I should have mentioned this during the repair section, but i got to give a shout-out to Scott, who figured out an issue that we've mentioned with my big game, where the top pop bumper just keeps firing for no apparent reason and is not a sw- the switch isn't gapped too close or anything like that. And he, he, he looked at it and it's like, yeah, I know what that is. It's like, what is it? It's it's the EMF coming off of the flippers. Like what? So like when you have the flipper up, when you when you let go of the you release the flipper button, the flippers go down. EMF comes off of that and goes through the air. And if you have a flaky capacitor on the switch for the pop bumper, it may fire. I'm like, really? 
huh? Sure enough, if you, I started watching people playing it, and and almost every other time, someone like let the flippers went down, fire the pop popper. So there's one of two fixes for that. Yeah, either replace the capacitor with a new one, or just cut it off. Yep. So, but I, you know, I looked up this issue. I would have never found that. I would have, I would have never figured that out ever. It would have drove me nuts. So Scott busted my balls and Ron's balls on this email. I don't know if it's busting balls. I think it's a he's he's commending us. The challenge. You two are the kings of adjusting the shitty show playing games. That's for sure. I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so too. Scott also commented about the artwork. He says Black Knight is his favorite. Well, no, he's saying Black Knight was the last Steve Ritchie game with good art. Yes. He's answering our 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 question on there. But maybe Black Knight 2K, but it's not imaginative with the lightning wheel. Pretty much what I said. Now, the back glass yep. is good, but the play field is eh. And then Scott also makes a comment about one of these manufacturers, and it says, a pre-ordered fool and his deposit money are forever parted. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. My name's Forrest Gump. <laughs> My Forrest Gump. And then the winner of our pinball helper from episode 50 realized today that he won. He he missed my email, and then he finally listened to episode 50 and heard his name and emailed me saying, oh, my God. So his exact comments were, hey, guys, I can't believe it. Apparently, somehow I missed this email and didn't realize that I had won until I was listening to the tail end of the 50th show in my car this morning. I'm really excited to have won the PB Helper. It will come in very handy and save my knee and hand when breaking down and setting up games, which happens pretty often. Thanks again for doing the show. I really enjoy it, even though Bruce and my taste in the machine seem to fall along in parallel lines that rarely intersect. <laughs> I, like I don't that. see... <laughs> parallel don't lines see that rarely intersect. <laughs> I love that line. I don't see how you can hate Jackbot and love Pinbot. Because Pinbot's so basic and easy and so much fun. And Jackpot is just a fucking pig-in-a-poke game luck. No. Pig in a poke game. Same in it's the play all about field. the rules, rules ruining a game. He thinks Jackpot is a much faster and more exciting game, and I agree. Oh, it is. But it's not. As, it, it, the only goal that most people go for is Casino Royale. Or Casino Run, I mean. And that's it. Done. Enough said. That's Pinball Dough to each his own. I do agree, however, with Multimorphic. I just can't seem to get excited about their product. I've seen it at numerous shows, and I just can't get to it, into it at all, no matter how hard I try. I wish them the best, but it's not for me. Anyway, congratulations on 50 shows, and I hope there's 50 more and beyond. Thanks, Steven. Thank you, sir. And congratulations on winning. Your prize will be going out later in the week. So now you get the last one, sir. It's from the Pinball Princess. It is. Another short one. What's the title? It's called Thank You So, So Much, Smiley Face. Dear Slam and Tilt, because there is no chance that you will mention it at all during the podcast, rolls <laughs> eyes here, I wanted to bring up one of the best tournaments I've been to in a long time, Stomp. This tournament was led by two gracious, wonderfully kind hosts. Who the fuck was that? I don't know. Did you ever, did you ever meet them? I, 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 don't, I, I, I think I them. met them on the way out. Run by a dedicated tournament director who busted his Tim Balls simultaneously working a Twitch stream and playing in the tournament himself, and even had an amazing food spread fit for a horde of hungry pinball players, which was fortunate because there was a horde of hungry 
pinball players. That's true. That's the one. That's the one thing I don't understand. People know they're going to a tournament. Some people, like Eric, bring always a cooler. Even I do. Or I bring a sandwich and throw it in the person's refrigerator. Some of these people walking in there going like an hour in, like, hey, do you got anything to drink? Yeah, there's tap water upstairs. <laughs> Knock your socks off. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I've been in the pinball community for a little over two years now. And this has to be one of my favorite tur- as to have been one of my favorite tournaments. The games were immaculate, clean, well-maintained, quick, and challenging. If something went awry, as they always do, someone was on the case faster than the next ball and who done it. Which I guess in an awful metric is an awful metric to go by in retrospect, yes. Continuing on. Yes. George Decay smiled serenely as he presided over forty-three or so people competing. It was a challenging tournament, but a friendly one. A passerby could almost mistake it as a party of people hanging out with pinball machines. Almost. Probably. I had a lot of fun despite playing poorly in competition. You kind of can't go wrong with a situation wherein you can install yourself on a stars for any extended period of time. Plus, there was a Harlem Globetrotters on which I could try a tap pass, a Quicksilver on which I could realize that the upside-down R was an obnoxiously styled K, and a Stargazer on which I could discover that, holy crap, this game is awesome. Yes, it is. Of course it is. Besides, I was surrounded by friends... Also a situation where things seldom go wrong. Stomp was one of the highlights of my year, and I can't thank the people who put it together enough. Coming to you from beautiful, not that upstate New York, player 31915. P.S. Listen to your last episode while I was en route to this tournament. It was the perfect accompaniment. Thank you. Thank you. And we had a lot of people coming up to us actually saying they listened to the show, and then, of course, you have a couple people say, never listen to one. What's the Slam Till podcast? What the hell is that? I've, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't I'm listen talking. to podcasts. We did have an interesting rule for the finals. Yeah, we wanted to avoid the tournament. the tournament, which in retrospect, really, that the fact that you couldn't repeat any picks would have kind of made that not happen as often. But it did make sure of it. Yeah, yeah we had a rule that, what, what was the rule? Yeah, refresh me on the rule again. One was Stearns. You can pick three games. We had three games in each round of finals. First, you know, the bus driver could pick either three games or defer. The second rule was you can pick one Stern, one Bally Williams, or you can pick two Bally Williams because there's more Bally Williams than Stearns, but you could not pick the same game after you picked it once you were done. And three, you had to pick one solid state early Bally or Stern or alphanumeric, a.k.a. F-14 Tomcat or roller games. Basically like a Pinburg-style setup. Yes. You have to play like an older game, like a, a, nine, you know, a DMD game and a Stern game, but you didn't have to play the Stern game. You could play two DMD games if you yes. wanted to. Yes. We're just trying to – because you would run into a situation where you're going to see Spider-Man and Star Trek and ACDC – like every every t- every round, every round, it would not have been fun. It would have been long playing games, and we didn't want that. We didn't end till ten thirty. Well, no, no, it was more like eleven thirty, Bruce. No, it was ten thirty. Yeah, no, it was eleven thirty. It was close to midnight when we finished. I know because the the finals. I think the final match started around ten thirty. No, Tim posted the final match at seven forty five. Finals seven forty five. That's when the finals started. Was it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, 7.30, that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. 
I know it was a full, like, I don't know, two days ago, and, and your memory is, is failing, but yeah. What's your name again? Yeah, exactly. That's another thing I think we could do. We could start it at one instead of two. I would have loved to have done that. One or, or maybe even noon. I, I, 12.30. I wonder if we made it later just so that NYC people could get there. Yeah. To give them more time, but I, I think if we started it at, at one or maybe even noon, it would have been, if we finished an hour earlier... It still finished a little bit late. That's why when you're talking about making 24 players, 24-person fun, that would be ridiculous. Oh, we, we could have done it. We, we'd finish at 1 in the morning. No one wants that. And this is what relatively hard playing games. So I'm going to look through the numbers and see what games we're playing particularly long, and maybe we'll make some adjustments. But Oh, whodunit, you can make it's a lot tough, of it. It's tough to make. You know, whodunit already has, like, the rubber is completely removed from the, the – like, and the, the post is all the way back. It's like a gaping hole. And it still does not typically drain. So I don't know what I'd really do other than lightning flippers. Nope, nope, nope. Easy. Oh, easy. Take, uh, what take, do I do? Take the, take the ball gate blocker out. The for what the blocker? Ramp, for, the, for the loop. You know, for this, to go up the, the elevator. Take that flap. So if you even get a somewhat missed shot, it doesn't, like, deflect it. It just goes straight down. There's a middle bar there. Second lightning flippers. That'd be my pick. Yeah. So let's see. There's, uh, is that it for the slam ball bag, mail ball bag? Do you have anything from the site? Mm, uh, let me check real fast since I'm so prepared. Yeah, as you could tell, we're very prepared. Jeff Teolis, say congratulations to you also. Thanks, Jeff. Very cool. We had uh, somebody said the name of the band, the band Blur. Blur. Name of the song. It's, it's song, song, the, song 2. Song 2. Now, Kevin Manny had a uh, response to your... Oh, yeah, we had our our question, which basically only two responses, one from Scott and one from Kevin, on the last Steve Ritchie game with good artwork. Actually, I said, two people did too also. Another person oh, did. Another person? Okay. Yep. So I said, no fear. You said... What did you Star say? Trek Star Trek Next Gen. Next Gen. Or S-S-T-L-E. Star Trek L-E. Star Trek L-E. All right. Kevin brought up and said... Last Steve Ritchie game with good artwork, Spider-Man Vault. Now, my response to him three minutes later was, no second chances. He goes, admit it, I win, fail. I said, maybe, maybe, but Ron no. rules with me. No, you, you can't. It, it, Steve Ritchie had no involvement whatsoever in that game. All they, he did was design it from the past. It, yeah, they took his design, and he was, he, was busy, he was busy working on Star Wars, man. He had nothing to do with that, nothing. So I don't consider that it's it's a game using a Steve Ritchie design, but it's not a Steve Ritchie game, if that makes any sense. It does. Thank you for all the likes we've had on Facebook. We've had uh, ten new likes in the past week. Thank you. Thank you guys. Keep up the good work. If you like the show, tell us. So what? What, the only way- what was the third one? You said there was three. Uh, looking right now. Please hold. So we got Scott. We got Kevin. <laughs> no, there's listeners like me. They're going to be like, "Hey, they said three. They only said two. Did you know George? Oh, no, that's the one. Sorry, I'm looking for the last one. Trying to find it. I can't find it right now. Too many messages. Bruce cannot find the third one, so uh, fail. Too many messages, I failed. So to that listener, we are terribly sorry. Yep, Blame I Bruce. I suck. He sucks. Um, come to Replay FX and beat his ass in Pinburg. Yes, that's all I ask. That's, that's all I ask. When we were at Stomp, 
and people we didn't know, like we were introducing, you know, people like Tim Peters and a couple of other people were like, oh, by the way, this is uh, Eric Russell. And then Eric turns around and goes, Eric's like, hi. <laughs> he, like very unsure of himself. I go, oh, and there's Zach. And, said, and they're like, oh, oh I'm hi. sure Zach loves being recognized. Well, it was now. Zach was like, oh, hi, how you doing? You know, so it was kind of funny. Like, I'm introducing all these people that they didn't know. And then they've heard on the podcast and it worked out really well. Like, oh, there's Jason Floyd. He's like, oh, wow. You know, so it was kind of cool. I just copied with Pinball Princess. Ugh. 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 I, I think it's time to pay the bills before Bruce falls asleep. Yep. www.pinballlifter.com. How many W's was that? That was four, but I'm tired. So <laughs> uh, come check us out for all the lifters, pinball helpers, tilters, uh, mods for pinball machines that I don't like, but we still sell, and uh, other things. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm honest, at least uh, Pinball Star, the one selling us both of our dialed ins. Flipper Fidelity. Say hi to uh, him. He's got the best speakers on the market. Make your sound system better. And he also sells Stern Pinball Machines. And he sells mods for Sterns. Think that's it? Look for us out on the internet. It's Slam Till Podcast. Just Google us. You'll find us there. Google it, Google it. Google it, Google it. We're on Facebook. Again, just search for Slam Till Podcast. Again, we keep it easy for you. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Again, Slam Till Podcast. We're on YouTube. Hopefully Twitch soon. Maybe I'll actually start putting stuff out there if I can get a rig together now that I see that my speed is sufficient to at least have a nice smooth stream. It might not be the most highest of highest def, but it'll be adequate. Uh, Again, check out Tim Ball's stream. Yep. You can watch the entire action-packed stomp tournament. And um, I think that's about it. This has been episode 52, History of the World, part one. And there was no there was no part two. No, there's never part two. But we did, what it was supposed to be in part two was Jews in space. Oh. We're Jews at the race. And we're going to join it out in space. That is a line, so you know. That that is a line. That is a line. Hate mail can be directed to <laughs> Bruce Nightingale at this is perfect slam tilt podcast at gmail.com. Again, slam tilt podcast at gmail.com. Just telling you what was the in supposed to be in the movie. Okay, shut up. Say goodbye, Bruce. Goodbye, Molly Atkinson. Oh my Oh my. Oh my. Oh my.